0: what's up everyone welcome back to an episode of give or take and in this episode it's going to be much longer than last week i'll be doing my rookie report for the quarterbacks as well as other rookies then i'll go over my weekly predictions and then a record that was broken as well as some games i'll go over so starting it off with my predictions last week i went eight for nine and was 27-22 and all-time. So that's not bad. And now for my games this week. Actually, no. I want to discuss a few of the games last week first. So first one we want to talk about. Packers versus 49ers. Holy cow, was that a game. I mean, you give Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds left. And he just does what he does. Takes them down the entire field wins the game for them. Well, it sets him up for a field goal position, allowing Mason Crosby to kick the game-winning kick. And honestly, I feel like with that game, it sort of just shows that we don't give enough credit to Jimmy Garoppolo because he did good that game. I mean, both teams did good. It just came down to the 49ers leaving too much time on the clock for Aaron Rodgers. And then Devontae Adams, it looked like he died, but... Somehow he was able to clear the concussion protocol or pass the test, whatever they do to him in the blue tent, and then just be able to come back and be Rodgers' number one wide receiver just to let them win the game like that. I mean, the 49ers' defense certainly could have stopped them, but they didn't. I mean, it was just so crazy how that whole game just happened. Then another game we need to talk about is the Browns versus the Bears. Holy cow, Justin Fields' first start. And for them to give up nine sacks, four and a half of them going to Miles Garrett, it just shows that we need a line. Like, that game, the line was so bad that you can't give a full proper analysis on what Justin Fields is able to do as a starter. Because, I mean... Not even Lamar Jackson, someone that's known for being able to scramble and evade pressure, would be able to do anything behind that offensive line. That was the worst offensive line I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it was just awful, man. Just, it's baffling what they were able to do. I mean, what they weren't able to do. I mean, I feel like I could put in Little League football players that play offensive line, and they would do better than that. But that just shows, like, how bad this Bears offense is. And the play calling from Matt Nagy was just awful as well. I mean, we the offense last year, when we gave Bill Lazor the chance to call the plays, you know, our offensive coordinator, when we allow him to do his job, our offense was good. But whenever Matt Nagy calls the plays, he sucks. I mean... When do we need to learn that it's time to fire him and just completely give up on everything in general? It's just it's so aggravating as a Bears fan, knowing that your team could be so much better if you had a different coach. Like, I saw something. It said, like, Justin Fields had on average, like, 0.74 seconds to get rid of the ball which we need to make changes and we need to make them now because our defense is just running out of time. The clock is ticking. We need to make changes, but I mean, will those changes happen? That's the real question is, are the bears willing to make these changes that are necessary or are they going to just finish out the year with Nagy at head coach? Cause I mean, he clearly isn't working out. I don't care if he's got a coach of the year. He doesn't deserve any of this credit. He's just an awful coach. Another game that we need to talk about is the Buffalo Bills versus Washington football team. Holy cow. Josh Allen absolutely went off. He was 32 for 43 with 358 yards and four touchdowns. That's passing. Now, if we bring up the rushing, he's got – Four carries, nine yards with another touchdown. So he put up five touchdowns total. I mean, the dude absolutely went crazy. In my opinion, he probably had the best game out of everyone. Then you had Cole Beasley, 11 catches for 98 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, five catches for 94 yards. Then Stephon Diggs, six catches, 62 yards. Dawson Knox, four catches, 49 yards, and so on. But I think that by far was the best quarterback performance this week. I don't know if I could say the entire season, but certainly this week. They certainly, holy certainly, but they definitely outplayed this Washington defense, which everyone expected to be great this year, but it turns out they're not. And, I mean, Taylor Heineke, he didn't do the best either with 212 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean... And one of those, I mean, 73 of those yards were from Antonio Gibson's big touchdown. So if you take that away, he did awful. I mean, it's clear they need to get better. If they want a chance at winning the NFC East, because it looks like the Cowboys are taking it by far. But the Bills, I mean, they showed that their offense is still... The best part of their team, and they won forty-three to twenty-one. If I didn't say that already, but yes, couldn't. I mean, not congrats, but shout out to Josh Allen for him having a game like that. Then also this week in the Lions versus Ravens game, we had a record be broken. Justin Tucker, he kicked a sixty-six-yard field goal to win the game against the Lions. And the previous record was held by Matt Prater at 64 yards. And Justin Tucker was like, nah, it's my turn to have it. And honestly, I think him having that record now solidifies him as the best kicker of all time, the greatest kicker of all time, whatever. I mean, he's already known as the most accurate kicker of all time. But this stat just really sets it over the top for him. Although it was like, oh, it hit the crossbar, yada, yada. I mean, I don't care if it hit the crossbar. It still managed to go in. It's still a stat showing that it went in. So, I mean, that was just a great kick by him. This whole week has been good for kickers in general. And what I mean by that this whole week was a kicker's type of week, Dustin Hopkins, he managed to recover his own kickoff. And it wasn't even just like an onside kick. It was like a legit kick. And he was able to get the kickoff. I mean, it was really something funny to watch. I mean, you don't expect a kicker to go out there and be able to get his own kickoff inside the 20-yard line or whatever it was. It's just so random. But, yeah, Justin Talker, he obviously had... A record. Congrats to him if I didn't say that already. Then, another thing with kickers, the Jaguars, they had a 109 yard field goal return for a touchdown. I think the field goal attempt was like 68 yards, I want to say. But the kicker just missed it, and the Jaguars were able to take it all the way to the house. I mean, That certainly was one of the further touchdowns of all time, I want to say. 109 yards. That's pretty much the back of the end zone. But, I mean, yeah. They were able to get that. Matt Prater, yeah. He was the kicker for that. (laughs) Could you imagine if the original record... Of 64 yards was broken twice in the same day. one by the man that had the record himself. And then the greatest kicker of all time. But no, uh, Matt Prater was very short on the kick. Allowing it to be returned. There was one more game I wanted to talk about this week. And it was the Bengals versus Steelers. And the Bengals clearly were the better team in this game, and it sort of solidified that it is time for Ben Roethlisberger to call it a career after this season. I mean, it's just showed so much that he is washed. There is a viral clip going around of him getting the ball and just falling in the pocket. He, like, he started to run and just fell. I mean, the guy's old. He's 39, I want to say, and it's just time to for him to hang it up I mean, it might be time for the Steelers to bench him for Dwayne Haskins. I think the Steelers could certainly be a better team with Haskins taking the snaps. And Ben Roethlisberger, at this point, he's just hurting the team. He's got a decently-sized contract. He's old. He's slow. He's injured all the time. I mean, it's time for the Steelers to just call it a career for him and sort of do – What the Giants did with Eli Manning, you have to bench him. I mean, if you want any chance of competing in your hard division, you can't have a 39-year-old playing quarterback for you unless they're still in their prime, or not prime, but they're still producing, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Those are a couple quarterbacks that have performed at an older age and done well. I mean, Drew Brees, he's another one. Phillip Rivers, he was okay but Ben Roethlisberger is just flat-out bad and one of the worst quarterbacks in the league now. And I hate to say that because I'm a Ben Roethlisberger fan, but it just shows how bad he is now and how washed he is. I mean, I've seen dishes washed less than him. I mean, the guy, he's washed. Like, he's all up in the dishwasher. He's in the laundry machine. He's as washed as you could be. Then... There's a suspension that's going on. I forgot how long it is. It's for, I want to say, four weeks maybe. But the Cowboys offensive lineman, Lyle Collins, he went to take a drug test, and he's an idiot. What he did was so stupid, idiotic. There's many words you could say to explain what he did. But if you guys didn't know, He tried to bribe the NFL drug test collector. I mean, just take the hit, fail the test, man. I'm pretty sure it's only a fine now instead of a suspension. But instead, you try and bribe a person that he's an idiot. I mean, that's all I need to say. I mean, that's like my fifth time calling him an idiot. But he is. Who thinks that that will go properly? and? Would go safe. And no. It, I'm speechless from it. How could you be so stupid. And boneheaded. To try and bribe this person. It's like. They're going to tell. You're going to get a suspension now. So You're just hurting yourself at that point. There's also been. A couple. uh News that has come out as well. Not just with Lyle Collins. And him being. An idiot, but there was a trade. Uh, C.J. Henderson, the sophomore year player, formerly for the Jaguars, now for the Panthers, didn't have the best rookie season, but he's got potential. He was a top fifteen draft pick in the first round, so the guy's got potential to be good. But the Jaguars are giving up on him, trading him to the Panthers for a third round pick and tight end Dan Arnold I think the Jaguars are dumb I mean they're already a horrible team it's a good trade for the Panthers they get another good young corner so their future corners are going to be JC Horn and CJ Henderson which if they both develop and reach their potential that's going to be a very good cornerback duo but I don't know what the Jaguars were thinking by doing that. They're already so bad, and they're just getting worse. Who knows what who they're going to draft with that third-round pick either because that third-round pick could end up being even worse, and the Jaguars are already the worst team in the league right now from what it seems. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's not doing as good as you'd want. He's got seven picks so far this season through three games. I mean, that's just awful, but at the same time, Peyton Manning, he holds a NFL rookie quarterback interceptions record with like 28, I believe, so you don't want to worry too much, but it's still scary seeing a rookie quarterback with so much potential come out and throw seven interceptions in three games, especially when this player is expected to turn the franchise around and... Although there are holes, still a ton of holes for the Jaguars, offensively and defensively, they try to fill it in right away with Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, they even have a hole with coaching. Urban Meyer, he sucks at being a coach in the NFL. He is clearly only a college coach. I mean, especially when last week it came out how he said, every team you're playing that now is like Alabama. It's like, no, they're even better than Alabama. I mean, the guy, not a good coach, not a good team. They're a poverty franchise, as much as I hate to say because I somewhat like the Jaguars. I'm not a fan of them, but what they're doing down there in Jacksonville is just awful, and I don't think they have a bright future because of it. There's been more news, too. Um, Josh Gordon, he got reinstated. For the 50th time, it seems, I mean, how many chances is this guy getting? He's also signing with the Chiefs, if you guys weren't aware. So, he's going to a Super Bowl contender. After being reinstated, how many chances is he getting? I feel like I'm stuttering, but, like, I believe this is, like, the third or fourth time he's being reinstated. He's not learning his lesson whatsoever, I mean, I need to know what the over-under is going to be for how long it gets till he gets suspended once again for failing another drug test. As Stephen A. Smith would say, stay off the weed. Nah, I'm pretty sure the NFL changed the rule where you only get fined now for failing a drug test due to marijuana. So, if he does, he'll still be able to play. But how much of an impact does he play on the Chiefs? I, I don't think it's going to be a big one. I think it's sort of going to be like Le'Veon Bell last year, just a roster filler in a way, just to go out there and play three downs a game or however much will be. I don't think he's going to be able to compete for a wide receiver one or wide receiver two spot on that team. Maybe a wide receiver three, but I I don't think anything much will be coming from Josh Gordon coming back and playing for the Chiefs. Then another old player that is signing with a team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they decide to fill out their depth chart and fix a position of need, which is cornerback, especially after Sean Murphy bunting got hurt. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be signing Richard Sherman, and I honestly think this is a good signing. Richard Sherman, he's not the best corner in the league, he's not the fastest corner in the league, but he's still going to be a solid corner for the Bucs, just going to allow them to get even better, I think, yeah, certainly better. How much better? I don't know, we're going to have to wait and see for that, but Richard Sherman could potentially be a big game-changer for the Bucks, especially come down the line with depth, even when Sean Murphy Bunting comes back. They're going to have a solid corner that's made a name for himself, made a career for himself. Just, we got to see how much in shape he is, and, I mean, <laughs> if he could keep himself under control, because... This past offseason wasn't looking too bright for him. I mean, it's real door opening <laughs> to see what happens. But yeah, with that one, we're just gonna have to see. It definitely makes a bigger impact than the Josh Gordon signing for sure. Then another thing I feel like I'm stuttering with is the Bears. Another quarterback controversy. We don't know who we're gonna be starting this week, whether it be Fields, Dalton, or Foles, I mean, come on, I feel like Dalton's hurt, so you can't play him, then we've already seen what Nick Foles could do, which isn't much, at all, I think the right option is to stick with Fields this week, and you just gotta hope, we're playing the line, so it shouldn't be that bad, so, man, I feel like we should have started Foles last week, because, I mean, Fields, he's also got a hand injury, though, that you need to consider. But, yeah, starting full should have been the move last week, especially with what the Browns have to offer come defense. So, I feel like the Lions would be a much better game for Fields as he could ease in more to what the NFL regular season is like because we know what he could do against backups in preseason. But, I mean, if he's our future, he's not going to be playing in preseason games much longer, hopefully. But I say Fields is definitely the quarterback that you should start this week as our offensive line should be a bit better against the pass rush of the Detroit Lions. There's also been a bunch of key injuries as well as a bunch of non-key injuries, but I'm only going to be going over the key injuries that have happened from this past week. So not every single game this year, just the week three injuries and players that got hurt during the game. So start, I don't know what these injuries are either though. So I can't fully tell you what they are or how long they'll be out, but the key players that got hurt. So starting off Josh Norman, 49ers, this one is quite important. Because Jason Verrett, he's already out for the year for the 49ers with a torn ACL. So, this just slims out their defensive back depth a lot. I mean, Josh Norman, he's not even the best player anymore. He's never really was that guy in a way. But him being hurt definitely a blow. Then Chris Barnes for the Green Bay Packers. A young linebacker, I believe this is his second season. But the Packers defense. It's not the best, as we all know, and them losing a player like that definitely sucks. Then for the Titans, you have A.J. Brown going down. See, A.J. Brown, he's a very good wide receiver in the league, but I don't think it's going to do too much for them as they also have Julio Jones now. So they're sort of just going to be running the same offense they have been these past couple of seasons with Derrick Henry being the focus, as he clearly is the best player on that offense. Then for the Colts, Quentin Nelson is hurt. That's really big for them, because Carson Wentz, he doesn't seem to be staying healthy. And for one of the best linemen in the league to go down, just huge for you, huge. Whether, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. If you have a player with, Quentin Nelson's caliber, or I don't know what I'm trying to say here. But if you have a player of that caliber going down, it's going to be a major blow for the team. That's what I've been trying to say. Then Juju Smith-Schuster, he goes down for the Steelers. That shouldn't be as big of a deal because they have two good wide receivers still for the Steelers. And Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Then the Giants' the injury bug hit them this week with Blake Martinez going down on defense. So there goes your best linebacker when your linebackers already aren't good and you need more. Better ones, definitely. So he's hurt. Then on the offensive side of the ball, two wide receivers go down, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. And they just can't catch a break. These injuries won't benefit them at all. Then for the Patriots, James White goes down. So, Damian Harris will probably be taking a much bigger load. Probably a workhorse load. So, for fantasy owners that own Damian Harris, it's going to be beneficial. But for the Patriots fans, it's not beneficial. And now it's time for my rookie report. So, starting it off so far, I'm going to go with the... Rookie defense or the defensive rookie of the year, and that's gonna be Michael Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. It's who I predicted at the beginning of the season, and so far it's been a good prediction. Last game, he had four combined tackles with an assisted tackle and half a sack. Then the game before that, he said two combined tackles and that's it. Oh, and a sack. Then before that, he had seven combined tackles with four assisted tackles. So, the dude's got 13 tackles and one and a half, holy, one and a half sacks on the season so far. I mean, you can't complain about what the guy's done. He's came in, done exactly what he's been expected to do. And then, moving on to the offensive rookie of the year so far, my choice was Mac Jones, but right now it's Jamar Chase. It's clearly him. Last week, he had four catches for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Then the week before that, two catches, 54 yards, and a touchdown. Then the week before that, five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. So on this season, he's got 11 catches for 220 yards and four touchdowns, which you can't ask for much more. It's clear that he's got the connection with Joe Burrow. Then – Another rookie that everyone expected to be rookie of the year, he had the number one odds, Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick. He's been awful this year. Each game, he's had at least two turnovers. I mean, golly. He's had two interceptions last week, then the week before that, had two interceptions, then week one he had three interceptions, so... He's also had 219 yards last week, 118 yards before that, 332 before that. So, so far on this season, he's got 669 yards, five touchdowns, and seven interceptions. I mean, you like the touchdowns, certainly. Five touchdowns is very nice, but not seven interceptions. That, and uh, it's not good at all. You don't want that from your young quarterback. And then over in New York, Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick, he's been even worse. Last week he's had two interceptions. The week before that he had four. Then before that he had one. And then he's only got two touchdowns this season so far, both coming in week one against the Panthers. Then his yardage it's been alright. He's got on the season, he's got six hundred and twenty eight yards with two touchdowns and seven interceptions. That is awful. I mean Golly, the Jets are still not looking good. Then Trey Lance, I mean, he hasn't done much either this year, but he's got one or two touchdowns, I believe. I know he's got at least one for sure against Detroit, but I'm pretty sure he's got a rushing touchdown against the Packers. So, but you can't really tell too much about him just yet because he hasn't had enough playing time whatsoever. But so far, the first five players that I've said, not looking good besides Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase, obviously. I mean, then Mac Jones, if we go over to him and what he's done in Green Bay, I mean... Certainly been the best quarterback so far. I mean, that's obvious. He's got 737 yards, which is incredible. With two touchdowns, not the best at all. You would like to see more touchdowns from him. Then three interceptions. I mean, one he's averaging an interception a week. Although, he had three interceptions in a game. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong about that. But... The interceptions, they could be certainly better. I Ideally, you'd want at most one or two interceptions, but three, it's not the best. But so far, it's looking like he's the best quarterback from the draft. It's just not too good. Then another wide receiver rookie that was looked at a lot, Jalen Waddle. He's been pretty consistent, actually. He's been getting... Right around 50 to 60 yards a game. So, only one touchdown. He's got, in total, 22 catches, 167 yards with one touchdown, which is not bad. Then, another highly looked-at rookie this year, Najee Harris. The workhorse back in Pittsburgh, he hasn't been the best at all. He's only averaging three yards a carry. You don't like that. He is behind a very bad offensive line. Horrible offensive line, actually. But he's been bad for them. You'd like to see him average more yards. Another yard a carry, so about four. But he also hasn't had 100 yards yet in a game. But he also hasn't been given the opportunity, really. I mean, not a single game over 20 carries. He's got 40 carries on the season for 123 yards total. I mean, it's not awful, but it certainly could be better with the way he was expected to come in here and make a lot of noise, but he just really hasn't. I mean, yeah. Then you guys may be wondering, well, Ryan, why didn't you bring up Justin Fields? It's because, in my opinion, I don't think we've been given a fair shot to look at him just yet because his offensive line has been awful. But if you want to be like that, It's not looking good. It really is not. I mean, he looks lost almost. But it's so hard to say what he's done this season. Just like Trey Lance. I mean, you just haven't seen enough for him. Then another player that I wanted to bring up is Kyle Pitts. How has he done so far this year? I mean, you don't hear his name too much right now. but He he's been okay. He's, his, he's not getting enough catches. That's really what it is. I mean, last week he had two catches for 35 yards. And one of those catches, he got 25 yards. Then the week before that, he had five catches, 73 yards, easily his best game. Then the week before that four catches, 31 yards, and he's got no touchdowns. So, that his total would be 11 catches, 139 yards. You didn't hear that voice, crack. 139 yards with zero touchdowns. It's not awful, but for the highest-drafted tight end ever, you'd want it to be a lot better. Then Devontae Smith, another looked-at wide receiver, a very highly looked-at one. I mean, after week one, he hasn't done much. Week one, he had six catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. That is a very good stat line, a very, very good one. Then after that, he's sort of fallen off. Week two, he had two catches for 16 yards. Then week three, three catches for 28 yards. I mean, so that brings his total to 11 catches for 115 yards and a touchdown. Not good. I mean, it's not awful, but... It could be so much better, especially with how he was expected to go in there almost and be the wide receiver one. But that, I mean, it's disappointing for sure. Then offensive linemen, they've all been good from what I've seen. Then today is Tony. He's a player I want to talk about. From what I know of, before last week, I don't have his stats pulled up in front of me. I could pull them up very quickly. but. Um what I know, his career has not started off good. He's got okay, it's much better. So he's got four catches for fourteen yards. I mean, I'm not too shocked with how many wide receivers there are on the Giants, but with Sterling Shepherd and um Dave Slayton out, he should be Getting more looks, maybe, but we'll see. And in my opinion so far this year, the best rookie has been Micah Parsons. I mean, I feel like that's an obvious one. Certainly been him. Then Jamar Chase. So those are the clear picks at Rookie of the Year so far this year. Now, finally, we're going to go over my weekly picks and as I said at the beginning of the podcast, last week I went 8 for 9. And all time, I am now 27 and 22. So, starting off with tomorrow night's game the Bengals versus Jaguars. I got the Bengals. That's a gimme. Then, football team versus Falcons. I got football team. Then, Bills versus Texans. I got Bills. Lions versus Bears. Although the Lions haven't been awful. They're still 0-3. The Bears, I mean, they could just as well be 0-3. But I got to go with the Bears. Panthers versus Texans. Or not Texans. Panthers versus Cowboys. I got to go Panthers. Colts versus Dolphins. I think this week is the week that the Colts get their first win. Browns versus Vikings. I'm going with the Browns. Then Giants versus Saints, I'm going with the Saints. The Giants are going to move to 0-4. Then Titans versus Jets, I'm going Titans. Then Chiefs versus Eagles, I'm going Chiefs. Then the battle of the 3-0 teams, Cardinals versus Rams, I'm going with the Rams. I think that game is going to be the best game of the week between those. But I think I got the Rams by at least 10 points. It's going to be a two-score game. I know that. And I got the Rams. Then Seahawks versus 49ers. I'm going 49ers. Ravens versus Broncos. I got the Ravens. I think it's time for the Broncos to no longer be undefeated. Then Steelers versus Packers. I got to go Packers here. Then Tom Brady and Rob Bronkowski's comeback to New England. I'm going Tampa Bay. I think they get the win. Then. Raiders versus Chargers. I think this game could be good. I could certainly see the Raiders winning. But I'm choosing the Chargers. It's not too much of an upset. But, I mean, record-wise it is. But, yeah, there's those are my picks. I mean, this week there's not too many good games that I think. But there's going to be good games, obviously. But on paper, it's looking like a pretty boring week. There are some games, like I said, the Battle of the Undefeated teams with the Cardinals and Rams and then Tom Brady's comeback. Those are the games that are the must-watch or must-sees. But other than that, the, there's no like real entertaining games this week. But, oh well. Right, it's still football. You can't complain about watching football at all. Thank you guys so much, though, for watching. Or, not watching, but listening to episode 14 of my podcast and this one certainly went much better than last week's much longer too this one was 36 minutes but thank you guys so much and I can't wait to talk once again next week